Rational discussion, common sense, open debate, RCR, Reality Check Radio with Paul Brennan. It's Tuesday, which means Tech Tuesday coming up very shortly with Stephen Sykes. We continue our talk about AI and there's a New Zealand connection coming up in just a few moments. To some of your texts, the dots are getting closer. Matt Kay said some time ago that there are good people in the National Party. He claimed that it wouldn't have been a good career move for the WASPs to communicate with the freedom protesters. The smell is getting stronger. What a damn shame. I hope, hopium with DNZ. Thank you, Sandra. So disappointing. These two former candidates are undermining what could be a great party. They just don't get it. John. Paul, your point about potential manipulation of the voting base by National via Democracy NZ is a very real possibility. If Democracy NZ did win Northland, it could be done via a deal like Epsom. Of course, that guarantees them another coalition partner that would effectively scoop up the freedom vote. Just a theory, of course. Regards, Ian. Hi, Paul. How rude and bloody disappointing. Read Democracy NZ, dot to dot. Don't quite know what you mean there. Who are you referring to? There is an opportunity for Kirsten to put herself forward as a candidate in the local body elections on the removal of the commissioners in Tauranga City. Thank you for that. Hi, Paul. I've been a big supporter of Democracy NZ, but Matt doesn't give us full transparency of what the hell happened. I just can't vote for him. Cheers, Al. Had hopium. Was that almost slipped from Kirsten? Michelle, as in Bogue? I've no idea. Thank you so much to Kirsten and Lee for making a stand to make things right for New Zealand and New Zealanders. Sounds like you dodged a bullet with DNZ. Glad you saw it for what it was, a wolf in sheep's clothing. You and those that walked are true warriors and heroes in my eyes. All the very best, Terry. Text 2057, email inbox at realitycheck.radio. After this break, it's Tech Tuesday when Stephen Sykes joins us. People are struggling to have conversations and connect with others that they don't completely agree with on every topic. And I think that's probably the biggest problem that we need to try and solve is how after all this division and after all this separation, do we end up bringing people together again? And what does unity really look like? New Zealand faces some pretty big issues. First one is... COVID in the aftermath. There's no getting away from that. Second is racial division. It's been ginned up and it's dangerous. Another issue that maybe people haven't got their head around yet is digital currency. What form does that take? Is it programmable? Will it be used to manipulate behavior and patterns of behavior? Those questions need to be asked and answered. How can you have fair, open, democratic government by people who are appointed. It's a ridiculous idea. And if that idea is taken to its zenith, then this country is in real trouble because democracy, one person, one vote, where every vote is of equal value, has got to be the foundation of a modern New Zealand. What's true, what's not true, how our kids are to be educated. And, you know, I have a great fear for the future. I think we know from history where this could end up. So it's time for our last Tech Tuesday of June 2023. Boy, that went quick. And Stephen Sykes is here with me to continue our uh, our chat about AI. And Stephen, good to see you again. You too. Good morning. 
Okay, so um, there's so much in AI, we need more than one chat to sort of cover it. First of all, though, you have incomings. So what are the Tech Tuesday tribe asking you now? Well, I had somebody ask about um, what does it mean when Apple are shutting down uh, the My Photo Stream service? So, what does it mean? Yeah, it means you can't have it anymore. Is what it means. Oh. Uh, so, what they're wanting to do is shift people away from using the My Photo Stream uh, method of handling your photos um, because it actually predates what they want you to use, which is iCloud Photos. Okay, is there a separate um, storage methodology there? Uh, because cloud sounds like uh, you're more moving into their space, though Apple is a walled garden, isn't it? It is. It's like, yeah, you can do anything you want so long as they say so. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they own you kind of in a way. So is there any difference in functionality or anything? It's just the way I, I, I'm not an Apple guy, so... I can Same. only imagine just different way of presenting your or storing your images. Is that is that how it works? Yeah. So it's like I mean, basically they um, made a different product called iCloud Photos, and and that's what they want people to use and stop using the My Photo Stream, which was its predecessor. Well, um, you have to get your images out of one and put it in the other, or will, yeah. will they do that for you? Um, well, they just just plan to use iCloud Photos instead of the new one, and you've got um, uploads to um, my photo stream will stop like as of basically today, oh. June June twenty sixth their time. So yeah, 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 right, about right now. Yeah, about right now. Um, Crashing on people as we talk, and they'll keep the images there. It just means you can't upload any more. All oh, right, good. Then you've got another thirty days to uh, migrate them over. Um, until, you know, the shutdown point. Okay. Any other feedback that we need to um, touch on before we, we uh, get into was, the next bit? Yeah, that was that was probably um, the, the big thing. It was kind of cool to see uh, some people to um, come along to the Urbit meeting uh, on Saturday. Um, a few listeners to RCR turned up. And, oh, that's good. Uh, so we got a few bums on seats, did we? Yeah, we did. Um, oh, it was cool. quite cool. And they got themselves set up with... Uh, using Urbit now, a, a good decentralized platform. And uh, one thing I didn't mention about Urbit was that it has um, an application called Ballot. Um, so that's kind of cool because you can see that everyone voted on a particular topic, but not what they voted for. So all we need to do uh, prior to, was is it October? We need to get the entire country on Urbit and get them to use that to vote with and have the results stick. Yeah, but I don't want necessarily, or or, or maybe I don't really care, but, you know, there'll be people out there who don't want people to know they've voted, even voted. Well, that is true. Well, they probably already know that, given the current method of uh, voting. All right, so let's carry on with AI, and let's localise this first up, because we're going to get to things like how you full facial recognition and, and hack AI and and, and um, I think there's something, a story from Amazon related to AI that we're going to touch on later. But what have you, you've got a what looks like a report in your hands because I can see where you're sitting and, and uh, behind the microphone there. What is that report? Well, uh, this is a report, and I say this sarcastically, from our friends at the World Economic Forum. And it's titled, 
Re-imaging regulation for the age of AI, a New Zealand pilot project. This is a white paper that was um, published in June 2020, which you can download for yourself without having to create an account um, from www.weforum, so it's like WF Forum, but without two Fs, um, .org, and you can search in their white papers, the switch for New Zealand, and you'll find this PDF. It's 30 well, pages. First, first of all, they'll have to change the name. There can't be white pages for long, a white page for long. That, I mean, that is that is well, white supremacy right, right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it, it's an interesting read. Um, and when I was reading it, given this is published in 2020, uh, some of the language used in it, um, if, if I was to read this when it first came out, I, I'd probably be nodding my head and go, yeah, okay, a little bit. But then since that was published, we had things like uh, vaccine passes mandated and people losing jobs um, if they didn't comply and stuff. So I've got that going on in the back of my mind while I'm reading this. So I'm kind of already biased when well, not only that, but there's I'm biased with the fact that um, I have been and seen places like we all have where um, everything sounds good when it's got the management speak in it. And if you were playing a game of buzzword bingo, uh, I think you'd fill your card on the first page. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Word salad city, is it? Pretty much. It's like, to this end, the World Economic Forum is spearheading a multi-stakeholder evidence-based policy partnership with the government of New Zealand. It is structured around around three focus areas. One, obtaining a social license for the use of AI through an inclusive national conversation. When was the last time we had a a democratic national conversation? Already I'm picking apart what you're saying with those words. There's been about 10 of them in the last 30 seconds. Stakeholder is one I hear all the time. Um, Uh There was another, uh, a few in there. And yes, the point you just made, absolutely. And we haven't even started really. Yeah. Two, the development of in-house understanding of AI to produce well-informed policies. And three, the effective mitigation of risks associated with AI systems to maximize their benefits. Now, social license, according to this paper, is loosely defined as the people giving approval to an organization they deem trustworthy enough to undertake specified potentially risky activities. Oh, okay. Like Like what? (laughs) WTF, question mark? (laughs) Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's uh, risky. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So does that mean if we don't like what you, um, uh, whoever this organisation is trusted, get, trusted, trusted, we can go. Yeah, no, nah, you're not floating the boat for us anymore. Out you go. Uh, look, some some will not say that. I'm sorry to say, Stephen. Yeah, I yeah. think. Oh, this sounds like a great idea. It's so convenient. Oh yes, and of course, there's idea versus implementation issues, isn't there? Um, This document also talks about a couple of workshops that happened. Um, So there was one in New Zealand, October 2019, and another one in San Francisco of January 2020. Now, the 
New Zealand workshop, the focus was uh, how do we keep our citizens safe in the age safe, of safe. Yeah, in the age of artificial intelligence. And I I saw the word safe and I thought, hang on a minute. Now, safe by definition means free from harm. So what's their definition of safe? Well, we know what their definition of safe is. I know, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. You're throwing that effective word too. Yeah, what what are they thinking when they say safe? Well, it's usually 180. So very unsafe is really what they mean. Well, (laughs) They comment also in the key project milestones category or section, uh, what was clear from the workshops was that trust cannot be built without having strong engagement and transparent models and systems that are seen to be safe, reliable, and respectful of human Trusted, rights. Trusted, transparent, safe, reliable. There are those words again. Human rights. Well, I, I thought oh, we human got... human rights as well, yeah. Yeah, we got those dropped away from us, didn't, didn't we? Um, I thought we had laws against that, but clearly when push came to shove, those those rights or uh, laws uh, were not worth the paper they were written on, really. Okay, it's interesting. This is 2019, 2019, so we're really seeing uh, – it's interesting visiting this now. Carry on. It is. Um, it says, gaining this trust requires using collaborative and inclusive tools and inclusive, and that allow people from all walks of life to give their views. Now, if your buzzword – um, buzzword bingo card hasn't been um, exhausted yet. I'm not too, too sure what will. Um, so some of the key takeaways from these workshops are recognize that transparency in all its meanings is a core value. Oh, okay. So you're making this free open source. What do you call transparent? How transparent are we talking? Are we talking a clean sheet of glass transparent or a sheet of glass that's covered in mud? Or has just been in some sort of impact? Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. mentions uh, ensure that human rights underpins the work. Um, okay, oh, really? Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, gain social license for the use of AI by earning trust through transparency. Well, yep. we've heard we've heard the th- the words like um, having a transparent government before, haven't we? Back. I think that translates to lie to the people to fool them into using it. Yes. What's the What's the phrase? It is. Better to fool a person than to convince them they have been fooled. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Mark Twain, wasn't it? Uh, Something along those lines. Yes, I think you're right. Develop new tools or approaches to build public confidence in AI and encourage investment and innovation. Um, And when it talks about regulation, it's like the point of regulation is to provide certainty and to manage risks while allowing the benefits to, to be distributed Equitably. Oh, yeah. We don't know what equitably means. Yeah, well, that's easy, it's easily said, but um, uh, making it happen is quite a quite Does, does that task. mean providing an AI interface to the Darrow in the street? Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, equitably to, to, to which uh, socioeconomic demographics. Yeah, well, um, we, we could be here all day trying to unpick that word. Carry on. Yes, it is also worth noting, uh, I'm cherry-picking paragraphs out of this document, which um, piqued my interest. Um, It is also worth noting that the question of AI regulation is intermingled with a range of other policy questions around emerging tech, including data protection, competition, and antitrust. The The algorithmic amplification of online content and the geopolitics of tech now, I, I highlighted and circled that one. 
Yeah, that's uh, censorship right there. It is. It's like you can say whatever you like so long as it's approved. Amplify. That's their go-to word now, to amp- amplify. Yeah, things things mm. are lo- losing their original meaning. Yeah. So, like, you know, you say the wrong things online and all of a sudden your, your car doesn't start the next day because it's um, interconnected and controlled by somebody else. Because you amplified something. Yeah, um, uh. in the wrong way. So here's... Um, we look at the overview of global focus on AI regulation, it states, in May 2019, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, adopted a set of intergovernmental policy guidelines on AI, building on prior work, including the IEEE's, they're a standards organization, ethically aligned design, which have now been adopted by over 42 countries. That's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. So that means we can all talk to each other and we can stop the car working for that person in another country as well. Yeah. Well, I guess the singing. If you can ever the, travel. Singing out of the same songbook there. Yeah. 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 Central to the EEC strategy are three pillars being ahead of technological developments and encouraging uptake, preparing for socioeconomic changes, and ensuring appropriate ethical and legal frameworks. Oh. That's nice of them. It is, isn't it? Mm. Uh, regul- regulatory power would sit with the US Federal Trade Commission. Well, I've been in the hot seat for one or two reasons for the wrong for the wrong things. Yeah. Um, Trust them. Mm. I wonder about also the statement that says um, uh, they recommend building a data privacy network to protect human rights and create regulatory guidelines and setting up a task force to examine and issue modifications to existing laws. Mm, these existing laws don't suit us, so we'll modify them until they do. Yeah, and, and uh, we'll create a platform. We'll, pre- we'll create a what a, a purpose-built platform to put it all on. Um, would that be the uh, – that wouldn't be the EU vaccine passport platform that they've just signed up with? Uh, it, it could mean that and a whole lot more besides, absolutely. Um, what I was also interested to learn, allegedly, according to this document, um, when it's asking the question, does AI need some form of regulation? Um, it says, for example, in New Zealand, some 80% of AI issues are already covered by existing legislation. Oh. I did not know this. Do we miss something? Yeah. Um Missed a whole lot by the sounds of things. Well, the thing is, you know, with with any law, so it's a um, David versus Goliath scenario whereby, you know, the big guy might be um, doing stuff illegally, but until someone decides that or are able to obtain the resort, the time and financial resources to fight that, um, just to say that there's a law saying you can't do it doesn't really mean anything unless you can uh, fight for and defend that law, in my view. Okay, but that seem, may have been covered in the other word salads you've uh, just um, yeah covered for us. <laughs> in, quite indeed. Um, Good point, though. Yep. Yes. Um, it also says that AI will have wide-ranging impacts on citizens, that is the potential to provide many benefits, but it also carries the possibility of huge risk, including exacerbating existing divides and biases in our system. 
Oh, well, on. how would that work? Well, I don't know. You could look at this all kinds of different ways, couldn't you? Like you could look at that and go, oh, okay, cool. It's good that they're acknowledging this is a problem. But then at the same time, would you do much about it? Um, well, and, what biases? And what biases? That's and, subjective, potentially. It is, and you may not always know about these things, you know, Um there's knowledge knowable, and how do you know? There's the things that you know you know, there's the things that you know you don't know, and there's the things that you don't know you don't know. Rumsfeld. Yeah, and there's a fourth one, and I can't remember what it is, but the fact that I can't remember the what it is. The known knowns, the, the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. Uh, yeah, yeah Something maybe like there's that. another one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, this document um, indicates that uh, AI is the fourth industrial revolution, and when they use the term center with a capital C, they're referring to uh, from the WF perspective. Um, so the right. center for the fourth industrial revolution portfolio are already tackling some of the riskiest uses of AI, facial recognition, human resources, and for applications targeting children, including education. Oh. Fancy uh, education targeting children. <laughs> Yeah, fancy that. Who would have thought? Oh, that's huh? it. That's, that, that, that's the fourth industrial revolution right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, uh, what were the other two? There were a couple of others in there, and and the one you just mentioned. A couple of other points that caught my oh, ear. Oh, the risky uses of AI, facial recognition, human resources. Human resources. That's white collar workers losing their jobs to AI, right there. Or, or even blue collar ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. In, an AI bricklayer, it's possible, but an AI accounts manager, see ya. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, quite quite possibly. Anyway, yep, sorry. But, uh, so the choice of the project focus series, they mention privacy, safety, security, and transparency. They also note that transparency can backfire if it is not through and implemented carefully. You mean the public find out and complain? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. We got and this the wrong. Streets, potentially. Again. Again. Yeah. Um, section the, three of this document um, talks about the. Uh, focus, this is out of New Zealand, folks. That this is a New Zealand study, right? That we're reading here, just to remind you. Yeah. Yeah. Most most of it is. Uh, yeah. Again, it defines social licenses are about communities agreeing that governments, agencies, or companies are considered trustworthy enough to undertake activities that may have risks. What do you do when you don't trust them? Ministry of Health. Yeah, um, among uh, others. They don't care, so moot yeah. point. They, um, they mention examples of good practice and social license, and they say that um, the Australian Human Rights Commission is currently leading a project on human rights and technology. The aim is to advance human rights protections during vast technological change and look at how levers and measures such as law, policy, and incentives can promote and protect human rights in a technological age. The project is seeking views from across Australian society using a range of engagement tools and approaches and will present options informed by these views to the federal government. Uh, well, what, pass it on to the WEF? Yeah, like this is what people are thinking. We we need to use some nudging and get them to think differently. And and, and here's here's our report. Thank you, thank you. But this this sentence I'm about to read, um, it, it, uh, I d if one's going to be a cynic, this is probably the sentence that will um, 
that will uh, make you fall off your chair. Is this the biggie? Uh, yeah. All the, right. pro- the process of engagement must be undertaken in good faith and people know that their input will be valued. How many times have we had a scenario whereby consultation process um, uh, happens, but you were never listened to? Well, from what I've heard quite often, no one's ever consulted me about anything, but people that I know who have been in these sorts of consultation forums and situations have usually felt that they weren't treated so well. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, um, yeah so that's all BS. Yeah. Well, so is most of these pages. Um, as a final note, the team recognises that national priorities will inform the national conversation work and to be succe- and to be successful. It is useful to nest domestic AI work in an existing narrative frame that already has buy-in. Buy-in. Oh, so whose narrative frame and uh, who's... From yeah. political leaders and stake key stakeholders. Oh, stakeholders. Um, okay, so in other words, um, they'll tell you the BS, you believe it, and um, and if they do, we've got no problem, we can really do anything we want. Yeah, and <laughs> you know how we had the um, therapeutics product bill and how they took submissions for that? Yep. Now, given this document was released in June 2020, and it was sometime after that that the therapeutic products bill got on everyone's radar. This document says some regulators, such as the US Food and Drug Administration and New Zealand's proposed therapeutics products regulator, have deliberately broad remits that are intended to future-proof it if the field moves in unforeseen directions. That's uh, fields as an AI. So this was already a thought way back then, given this was published. June 2020. Now, this document also at the back lists many, many, many contributors. So when you are um, collating everyone's thoughts and producing a document like this, then I would say this probably was put together over um, a course of some time, which means that the Therapeutic Products Bill had a genesis um, many years before it came across our our radar. And... um... To for that, so there's a definite connection between the therapeutic the timing of the therapeutic products bill and the work that went into that pre that coming to everyone's attention and what they're saying in this document re AI. Is there is am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, it, it's it's when they were talking about um, a, a regulatory body to oversee AI and then right. having an, another regulatory body to look over therapeutic products. Okay, so they're using that as an exemplar of how the AI um, could look with monitoring, with, yeah, yeah, with, with things rapidly developing. And in this section, um, it says a modern, a modern regulatory body is not authoritarian, but one part of a broader system that influences and steers through a full a full spectrum of approaches. So if they're not authoritarian and we're living in modern times, does that mean we can completely ignore them? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I just, you know, what are they going to use AI to target who's getting their supplements? You know, that's what I'm wondering. 
probably really well, too much into well, it. Well, if 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 um if this document suggests that such bodies are not authoritarian, yet there's a regulatory body for the therapeutic products bill, then if this ha- white paper holds any weight, then we can say, oh yeah, well you can take your therapeutic products bill and stick it with the sun don't shine. Yeah. Yeah, but but they won't. <laughs> but they won't. They won't. Um, okay, so um, who who at the New Zealand end has their name on this? So if we, um, well, there are three key uh, writers um, for this document that the, the lead authors. Yep. Um, one is a, a project lead on AI and machine. Oh, sorry, for New Zealand context, I should say is uh, Kate McDonald, New Zealand Government Fellow World Economic Forum. Oh. Um, underneath that, um, other people who are listed as just contributors, we've got Emma Naji, Executive Director, AI Forum New Zealand, uh, Colin Gavinol, Director, New Zealand Law Foundation Centre for Law and Policy and Emerging Technologies. Mm. Um Many others, we've got um, associate professors at Otago University, Centre for um, of the Artificial Intelligence and Public Policy. There's a few of those from that department, um, including assistant research fellows, uh, researcher on AI governance. Uh, so they're lot- getting work, wait on, these people are getting work from the World Economic Forum. Or at least have been shoulder-tapped to provide input. Hmm. Don't know how that how that uh, how well, they got on people's radar. Be useful to know if they were directly funded or it came through someone else. Yes, uh, there's a, a lecturer researcher on AI governance from Canterbury University, uh, Olivia. How do I say that name? Udeli. Um, okay, well, that'll do. That'll made do. a dog's breakfast of pronouncing her name. Sorry. Um, and a lot of other people um, tend to be from the USA. Okay, so a number of Kiwis in there. Yes. Obviously, it's a New Zealand perspective, I think they, they call it. Well, at least they threw the money around to a few places. <laughs> yeah, um, and they conclude that the white paper is the first step in an iterative process. What does iterative mean again? Sort of step by step, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's a demonstrated step by step process. Yeah. And we welcome participation of organizations willing to engage in this topic. Oh, I wonder who they were. Yeah. Any organization, so long as you're one that we want to talk to. Okay. So I've kind of ripped this a new one, as they say. But, you know, hearing those words in there, Stephen, I'm sure you're probably thinking similar. I know you are because of the comments you made. You can just tell that it's just it's it's the fluff stuff to allay, and and I, maybe the average person doesn't even have any fears about this, but to you know to, to to be the touch point on all the things that might worry people using those same buzzwords. It's it's actually tiresome now. I it is. It, it is. It's like write stuff in plain English. And you know, you guys in in those institutions using that language, you're not cool. You're not cool. That's not cool. Forget well, thinking you're cool. You're not cool. There yeah. was a um, um, pushback some years ago where, you know how everybody reads from beginning to end in their entirety terms and conditions and privacy policies on any website they ever sign up to? No. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a big push 
um, that those uh, uh, terms and conditions and privacy policy should be written in plain English and get rid of the legalese um, in them. But even so, you can still write stuff in plain English and people will read and go, oh, yeah, that looks fair and reasonable, and then uh, and then miss the key point. So you can still hide um, in plain sight. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always going to be the way, though. It will always be the way. Yeah, unless you boil it down to like three words, like "don't do that" or something. Yeah, don't be a don't be a dummy. Don't go anywhere near it. Full stop. Yeah. Don't even bother reading it. Don't go near it. I don't know how you get around that. People do have to have a, a bit of agency, don't they, to uh, exercise a bit of agency over these things. I mean, in some ways, it's good that the conversation is being had, but it's at the same time, and it must be had. But it's uh, what people will do or will not do uh, with these sorts of things um, in, in terms of AI because there was um, uh, there's a, f- a lot of wrongs that we need to experience and in the same way that, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, you make a lot of mistakes and then maybe by the time you get to 25, you're... Speak pre-friend- for yourself, Stephen. <laughs> well, are you reliving a few of your favourites? No, I made them later on. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. In childhood, childhood we begin. Yeah, as long as you get to it, I suppose. Um, but, but but yeah, you you could there, there could be any number of things that go wrong here, and it's kind of too late. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, it's not too late. It's just that um, you need to learn from mistakes. And like uh, in on October the 9th, 2018, uh, many headlines uh, around the world got published about um, Amazon having um, sexist um, AI. Oh, what's this? And and they had uh, other titles were um, Amazon Scraps Secret AI Recruiting Tool that showed bias against women. Oh, how did that work? Well, basically, it, um, it learned um, from those who made it. It was able to internalize the already existing biases of its creators without them knowing it. So oh, it wasn't mm. it wasn't their intention to do this, but because um, what they were the reason they they created the system in the first place was that they were wanting to screen candidates for jobs a lot more rapidly. So on the surface of it, applying artificial intelligence makes sense because Amazon have about a million employees. They've got yeah, warehouse workers, all the way up to software engineers, and it's an international operation. They get thousands of applications for various job positions that they advertise. Um, And so by learning, using uh, machine learning, they can decrease the time it takes to go through the whole lot of them um, while at the same time target people who are likely to be high performers in their organization. But um, one of the one of the members of the team who created the IAI said to Reuters, the the news agency, that um, everyone wanted to have this holy grail, um, and they literally wanted it to be an engine where you know you could you could give it a hundred resumes and it will spit out the top five, and they go right, cool, we'll hire those. Right, and at, at first it seemed. From Amazon's point of view, it seemed to work really well because it came up with suggestions for people, for candidates that might survive the cutthroat culture of working for Amazon. And then they well, in the warehouse, yeah, well, you know, cardboard box, paper cuts, that sort of thing. Oh, true. Yeah. So quite literally cutthroat. 
Um, but soon they uh, noticed that a lot of the candidates that were suggesting were primarily male. And oh. a- Amazon were adamant that their engineers specifically removed gender, gender features from their AI model. And it still became sexist. And well, why did this happen? Well, it's because the data that it was looking at, um, that it was trained with, that it learned from, was already biased in the first place. And it included candidates of um, or resumes of candidates that had been working at the company for over a decade. Uh, it included internal promotion data, um, and that had the intention of trying to understand which candidates that entered the company were most likely to succeed in it. And, you know, um, it's no secret that the tech sector is largely dominated by men, which led the AI model to infer that men are uh, somehow more successful in technology. And at the same time, with much of Amazon's middle and upper management also mostly being made of men, the model model further um, inferred that not only are male candidates better overall, but they be the ones who would promote us the fastest. And even though I said that the model was uh, had gender taken out of it, um, it found it anyway so the applicants who might have listed extracurricular activities, you know, like women's university soccer or maybe women's debate club, uh, they got pinged by the system as people who graduated from all women educational institutes. So right. the mach- machine found a way um, to find this bias, um, not based on successful predictions, but instead it internalized the bias that already existed in Amazon's work culture, right. even though it wasn't specifically programmed. So you could say, oh, AI sexes will know what actually happened was AI looked at an already existing structure or culture and revealed to Amazon itself, this is how you guys operate. So don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it, it's only working on the data it has. Yes. So, and, if, and if there had been a change in culture along the way, it probably would have included that data in its mix. Yes. I mean, yeah. it, um, it could have uh, also included um, or made the observation that people of certain ethnic backgrounds might not have been in upper and middle management, so we won't bother uh, looking at those people oh, as well. Oh, right. Okay. So you filtered out. You don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. So it's mm. um, this is – this is AI showing us to ourselves. So yeah. if you don't like the outcome of the AI, then maybe this is when we think, well, maybe we should take a look at ourselves first before we go shooting the messenger. Yeah, that's a classic case of maybe shooting the messenger. Um, and uh, I, I guess you can only find the sort of information out in a company the scale of Amazon by distilling that data in that way because yes. you're, you're talking with disparate parts otherwise sort of that would otherwise have to come together to share that and everyone to understand it. So it's interesting. All right. The way you get rid of this kind of data bias is that you can create it um, synthetically. So like um, you don't necessarily get it to look at existing data. If there is the chance the biases could exist, you, you synthetically create, okay, this is what we really, this is, you know, you take a leaf out of the Spice Girls and you say, well, this is what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> and, and and then you apply all the candidates to that. 
Okay. Wow. All right. That's uh, that's an, an interesting one. I think um, last week when we talked about AI, you were going to come back with some hacks, and um, we can probably finish up on those. Um, I think you mentioned facial recognition. That had me interested because I, I can only see wearing some sort of mask to cover your face working there, and and just the general hacking of AI, maybe even with AI itself, because there'll be AI wars, won't there? Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely there is. Um, uh, you could have conversations with ChatGPT about, you know, if there's a bad AI, how do you defeat it? And it will tell you, well, another AI. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, you know, at, at, at the same time that, um, you know, everyone, I think, is fearful of AI, but they're probably thinking of the potential and they're, their thinking is biased based upon what they see in movies and focusing yeah. more on the dystopian sort of thing. I mean, even before AI comes along, your view of the world can still be very biased if you just simply read the newspaper or listen to mainstream media because you listen to that and you go, okay, uh, the world's stuffed um, and there's nothing good left in the world. And as soon as you stop listening to that stuff and focus on the good stuff. Listen to us. Listen to us. Um, I mean, we got reminded of that in 1999 with the documentary Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon Jinn says to a young Anakin Skywalker, your focus determines your reality. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was uh, that rolled right up, uh, off the tongue there. You're, you're, <laughs> you're um, a uh, repository of, of, of that for sure. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, intent as well. Focus yeah. that intent. Yes, and you're gonna have you're gonna have people who write code that create these AI systems, but they're gonna be completely separate from who takes responsibility from the outcome yeah. of what that AI creates. Um, okay. okay. Well, how would you fool facial? I'm really curious about this. Um, how would you fool facial recognition? Because I think the system they have what draws on a few points on the face and sort of measures them off, and yeah, and everyone's got a unique like fingerprints or whatever, a unique signature there. So, what do you do? So there's there's, there's three kinds of attacks, um, and they're categorized. Um, well, there's more than more than three, but they basically come down to three categories. So if we start off with the um, the white box attack. Now, the white box attack is when you have access or complete access to the training model and the underlying data. So this is the most powerful kind. Of the AI, right? Of Of the the AI. Yep, of the AI system. And it's the most powerful kind of attack because the attacker um, has access and knows how the system was trained, the data that it was fed, and how the model operates so it can be influenced. But these are harder to achieve because it requires some sort of um, cyber attack kind of access to the computer system that is that is running the um, the AI system. And then after that, you have the gray box attack, which you, you don't have the same level of access, but the attacker has access to some level of output from the model. So this basically means... Um, you give it some input and you see how it responds. And then by seeing how it responds, you try and beat it or you circumvent it by um, tweaking your input to influence the output that it's going to make. 
and you don't need to have any kind of cyber attack. But the most popular kind of attack is the black box one, oh, is the, okay. the black box attack. So this is when you fool it by doing things like uh, wearing lots of bright colored clothing, um, maybe <laughs> maybe painting lines in your face, or as you were saying before about wearing some sort of mask. Um, there's websites out there where you can wear clothes. Um, they're not terribly fashionable unless you want to. Anything more to say about AI? I'll just say, yeah, I'll just say that a lot of the world's problems that we have are arguably not because of intelligence, but actually a lack of it. Yeah. Well, is there there a difference between intelligence? I suppose that's IQ, isn't it? However you define intelligence, because that, depending on who you ask, um, you'll get different answers. I was going to say, and common sense. Yeah. (laughs) Common sense, but not commonly applied. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of a gulf between the two, um, perhaps, at first glance anyway. All right. Well, that was really interesting. Nice to know our academics are being kept busy by the WEF. Yeah. They need the work. What do you think we should talk about next week? Oh, see see what uh, pops into my mind when I get out of bed in the morning. Okay. All right. So... It's a bit up in the air till next yeah. Tuesday. All right, Stephen Sykes, Tech Tuesday. Thanks again, Stephen. Really interesting. See you next week. Victor's strapped around your head. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, there it, he is it, again. The reflectors reflect, um, reflect, reflect. That's not that was not coming out of my mouth properly. Yeah, yeah. Refract light, and it yeah. confuses um, certain cameras and even can mess up spy satellites. Um, okay. Yeah. As yeah. can shining laser pointers um, directly into cameras will upset it as well. You have to be very discreet about that one, though. You, you would have to be pinpoint accurate. Don't recommend it. We're not recommending it. No, just 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 saying um, comes yeah. with a disclaimer, as as, um, as said. Yeah. Um, there have been people who have done um, attacks that confuse and. Um, Atom- autonomous vehicles where they've put stickers in strategic places on stop signs. Now, to oh, any person right. looking at it, you know it's a stop sign. But the confidence level to an AI system goes, I, I'm not sure that's a stop sign. I'm not confident it's a stop sign. Therefore, I won't stop. So through you go and whammo. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Okay. Um, well, that would be a very nasty thing to do. Put- that would that would be a, a bad outcome, um, yeah. but you know to to put a you know a, a positive spin, um, I think on AI is that um, making these sorts of mistakes are okay in the sense that we need to make them to learn from them. In the same way that as a kid you make mistakes, and in theory you're supposed to learn from them because if you don't, the universe will keep smacking you over the head with yeah. it until you uh, wake up and learn from it. So things are developing super, super fast in, in this area, as, as we're all completely aware. It's um, an issue, I think, of being ahead of the autocrats, because if, you know, if we don't harness this in the ways that we um, deem ethical, there will be countries out there who will use it in tyrannical, tyrannical um intentions um we could end up being one of those given the path that we seem to be leading down in the last three years so we need to um, pull our socks up and 
use the AI in the positive sense and we need to become the watchers. We need to become the people who watch the watchers. Yeah, there's a lot more waking up that needs to be done in the meantime, I feel. and That's um, what we're here for, isn't it? Well, we're doing our best because this, all of that is in a total- totalitarian wet dream right there. It is. You know, and um, we probably only get one shot at it. Yeah. Um, and my concern is is not necessarily, you know, people who use um, AI as a toy for, um, uh, you could go to the website wombo.ai, W-O-M-B-O.ai, and there's an app you can install on your phone as well. And you give it a photograph of any celebrity or something like that, and it will animate the face to some music as if they're singing along to it. Okay. Um, boy, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's 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 good for a giggle, but um, you know, it's it's a toy, but at the same time you go, well, that means I can make any any person say anything I want, even though they never did. And yeah, you make yourself say something like that, I suppose. Exactly. Um, so that's when you know something that looks like a toy becomes potentially something a lot, a lot more than that. Oh, I suppose it's entertaining. Could it be. is, and and at the same time, you know, people are afraid of AI. You know, this is not the first time in history we've um, we've queried or uh, technological. Um, innovations we have created you know a long time ago cars were well known to be hand assembled by people and then the japanese came along and automated the whole thing yeah and and we still buy cars now and that's an accepted thing i mean if we were that worried about it would be saying no i'm not buying a car from a company that um uh chose machinery to assemble my vehicle over something that was handmade Mind you, you can you've got the physical object in the end. You can see it, it's right in front of you how it's put together and the and the quality of the work. It's what you don't see and don't know what's happening in the background that's the issue, right? Yeah, it's it's like well, who who is AI reporting to? And I think there might there's a fear that um, AI will surpass our intelligence, and I think absolutely it will. But at the same time, I think that means we learn more about ourselves by seeing how AI develops. And it might answer some questions about our own perception of how we think um, the human brain operates, for example. Yeah. And- oh, no, it's, uh, it's interesting times ahead for sure. But, uh, you know, there are rocks uh, yeah. that, that we need to avoid. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.